Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey friends, welcome back to Eco Chic, the podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura Diaz. If you're new here, welcome. And I'm really excited for y'all to be tuning into this particular episode because the last two episodes have been a little bit different than normal Eco Chic episodes. The latest episode of Eco Chic that you'll find is about the Amazon rainforest fires. So that doesn't have an episode number because it's more like special report style and just giving updates on what was going on in that particular moment on the Amazon fire. So you can go back. There's still a lot of really good information there. It has been a couple of weeks since information has been getting gathered about these rainforest fires. So a little bit of updating is needed if you're like looking deep into the stats of the episode, but I do really encourage you to go back and listen to that if you are curious to know what's going on in Brazil. And then I also would like to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to EcoChic wherever it is that you listen to podcasts because it's really helpful in just making sure you get the new episode as soon as it comes out and that you're aware whenever there is a new episode. I also want to encourage y'all to go ahead and rate and review the podcast on the Apple Podcast app. It helps me so, so much. It's how people find out about the podcast. If you find this valuable, I really appreciate a rating and review because that's just how people find it. It continues to get recommended to people. And I just so appreciate you taking a couple seconds to do that while you listen to this episode today. And with that, let's just jump right in. I'm excited because today's episode, we are talking about the local food movement and also about regenerative agriculture. Today, I'm chatting with Wenjie Ying of Local Roots NYC. And while Local Roots is based in New York City, I'm really excited because this episode has so much good information about regenerative agriculture and ways that you can shop locally and just the importance of supporting local farmers. It's information that you can really apply wherever it is that you're living. Local Roots is a CSA, which stands for Community Supported Agriculture. CSAs are organizations that operate to connect consumers directly to farmers. So it's an organization that you can join. It's typically very reliant on volunteers and just connections being made with farmers on a very individual level. But it allows you to purchase a membership typically and you'll get a box every week or every two weeks of seasonal local produce in your area. And it's a really, really great way to support local farmers and just make sure that you're eating in season and as low impact, low carbon footprint as you possibly can. So I do want to emphasize that local and organic are not the same thing. You don't necessarily always have organic food in your area, but if there is a particular case where you're opting to buy local as opposed to organic, CSAs are a really great way to get involved. And CSAs are truly the best way that you can shop with the lowest carbon footprint possible for your food if you are getting the majority of your food, again, from your area, and also likely of the highest quality that you can find in your particular region. Because it is traveling less, it has a higher nutrient density, and Wenjie is going to discuss like why this is and the importance of eating locally, not just to support farmers, but also for your health and for your general carbon footprint. So there's a lot of really good good tidbits of information in this conversation today. 
Again, Local Roots is based in New York City. It operates throughout Brooklyn and Manhattan. So if you are a New York City listener, I highly recommend that you at least look at their website, check out their Instagram, see if there is a pickup location near you. And when Jay does discuss the kinds of pickup locations there is, they bring a lot of their produce to like bars or other local places in your area where you can just stop by and pick up your weekly produce or your monthly produce or whatever it is that your subscription plan particularly is. And they also really welcome volunteers. So like I said, CSAs are very reliant on volunteers. So if you're interested in getting involved in local roots, they would highly encourage that. But also if there's a CSA in your area, not in New York City, there is most likely a need for volunteers, for people to help with distribution, for people to help with research, supporting their farmers, whatever it may be. So this is also a really great way to volunteer a small amount of your time. Something I learned from this conversation with Local Roots NYC was that CSAs are really looking to shake up this conversation. They're changing the way that people think about local food and local farms, and they're really impacting your general understanding of your food systems. And I think that's really important this day and age. I think that there's a lot of conversation right now about the importance of eating locally, of sourcing locally, and the power that our food choices really have on our greater environmental impact. I also want to bring up the point that local food and CSAs are not necessarily just for vegans or if you're eating a strictly plant-based diet. Local Roots in particular, but also a lot of other CSAs that I've looked into in my particular area, they do support animal agriculture on the local scale sometimes. So it really has to do with who these farmers are, if they're nearby, if they're small operations. And eating locally does not mean that you have to eat purely vegan. It just means supporting animal agriculture in a really conscious, responsible way. And I think that's a really important topic. So we don't talk too much about that today, but I think it's really great to just think that you don't need to totally change up your lifestyle if you are trying to eat more locally or if you're trying to lessen your carbon footprint. It doesn't mean you have to be like this ride or die, package free, vegan all the time. CSAs are a really great way to think about the local food movement in just a way that applies to your life. It's easy, it's accessible, and a lot of the time it is just as affordable as shopping at a grocery store. So with that, I'm going to get into the conversation today with Wenjay Yang of Local Roots NYC. I hope you really enjoy it. Wenjay, before we start talking about local roots, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into this space. I grew up on Long Island. I hated vegetables growing up. I literally would eat bok choy my mom would cook, put it in my mouth, go to the bathroom and throw it out. And that was the way I got around pretending I was eating my vegetables. And then I went to college. I went to Boston University. Started cooking a little bit, like really easy things when I was in college. But then after college, I essentially moved back to New York to work in fashion. And I realized I wasn't really actually the industry I felt the best in. So I fell into this world of playing in bands in like the DIY underground music scene in New York. I absolutely fell in love with having a community in this massive city where I would see the same people at all the same shows. It just felt really, really special and powerful to have this alternative community that was kind of just like, you know, if you wanted to play a show, you just booked a show for yourself. It was just really empowering to like do whatever you wanted to do as long as you had the initiative to do it. I always knew I wanted to do something for work that was giving back in some capacity. An ex-boyfriend of mine actually sent me an article about how New Yorkers are finding themselves in a situation where they're shopping a lot for food at bodegas or just like convenience stores just because there's a decline in supermarkets in New York City. And 
they're going back to those convenience stores to buy like medication to help with the problems that are coming from eating packaged foods or just produce maybe that's like not a high quality. That really affected me because, you know, New York City is a city with so much abundance. And the fact that people wanted something different and just didn't find a good way to access that in a city with so much, I thought was insane. And I really love New York City so much. I wanted to do something about it. And then that same ex-boyfriend of mine actually sent me information about AmeriCorps, which essentially the Peace Corps in America for one year. And he was like, hey, there's this nonprofit that works with like food justice, bringing local food into New York City. I think you'd really like them. Like they're a bunch of cool girls, really laid back. They don't wear shoes in the office. And I was like, done, that sounds great. So I decided to apply for this position at AmeriCorps. Worked at this food justice nonprofit for one year. And that was my first introduction to local farms and community-based markets. Again, I was like so drawn to the community part of it because New York is really hard to find a close group and it's really easy to get lost in such a massive city. And my parents, my whole family had just moved out of New York. So I was kind of just like left here alone. So I was really drawn to any kind of community that I found in New York. I also just really love the ways that it's supported I guess kind of like the underdog, you know, like local farms that were really just trying to work hard to do what they what they loved. They're so passionate about it, but they were also passionate not just for their own because they love farming, but they love feeding people good food. So I really loved trying to support them. So I essentially did that for one year. I worked for a local orchard for half a year. And then the orchard had like a really bad growing season. I didn't have a job then. And I was really devastated because I felt like I was really close to knowing what I really wanted to do with my life. And I realized that that job didn't exist anywhere in the world. I essentially knew I wanted to create CSAs, community-based markets in New York City that were just more convenient and more fun for New Yorkers. And even if I wanted to do that in a different country for a different city, that job didn't exist in the world. It was 2011. It was really like just the beginning of local food. My mom actually suggested, hey, like, why don't you start your own company if you know what you want to do? I remember, like, you know, I was talking to her on a really busy street in Brooklyn. I was crying because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And she had this idea, and I pretty much just responded, like, that's insane. You know, like, I have no business background. I think I was 25 at the time. I was like, who's going to trust me? But two days later, I realized, like, I have a hard time doing things I don't love. And it was so rare that I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I just went for it. And it was essentially in the beginning, I started a local roost because I wanted to do this with my life. I felt really passionate about it. And I had to figure out a business model that would support me being able to do this with my time. Local Roots never really started as a business concept. It was just, how do I support this mission and passion? I like that you have such a roundabout story in a sense. Like, you just love New York and you realize that you have to do something that you're really passionate about. And I think that's so respectable. And I applaud you for, like, just taking the time to realize that about yourself and Nice job to your mom for like suggesting this whole idea because I'm really excited to talk more about the idea of local roots 
being a community around food. So tell me a little bit about like the start of getting things off the ground. Like how do you really establish a CSA? Like how do you connect with farmers? How do you connect with your community? Local Roots NYC is to me personally, it's like a love letter to New York because I care about it so much that this is the way that I view that New Yorkers can really meet their neighbors, feel connected to their city, so they are feel more invested and they care more about their city. And then they also obviously feel connected to the regional farmers. So traditionally, people can start a CSA in New York by finding people in their PTA or their church group and finding a local farmer and starting a conversation like that. The nonprofit that I was working for helped facilitate those conversations. But I had realized when I was at that nonprofit that people are just getting busier and busier, especially in the city. And relying completely on volunteers is really hard because people's schedules change all the time. So you might start a CSA as, as a community, as volunteers, but then if everyone has to drop out as volunteers, then that CSA kind of vanishes, right? I took my knowledge from working at this nonprofit and the spirit of the underground music scene of just booking shows when you want to play a show, very DIY. And I formed our own local roots version of a CSA, where when I first started, I was also working at farmer's markets. So I, I knew some farms. I was pretty in tune with the farmers that I wanted to work with that I knew that were more innovative and interesting and always organic. So I really just like went to the farmer's market and just walked up to them and asked them if they'd be interested in this. Somehow, luckily, like the majority of people that I initially asked were interested, which I was surprised because looking back, like here's this young kid asking if you want to sell produce in a really weird way in New York. Pretty much just like randomly went up to people at the farmer's market. And then I essentially just pinpointed different neighborhood um, establishments that I liked that I felt comfortable in, you know, so it started out with like a bar, a soda fountain, like an ice cream and soda fountain. And I think maybe two other bars and just talk to the owners like, hey, do you want to host this once a week? And they were totally down to get customers. I put flyers up in the neighborhood and just walked around and talked to people. And that's pretty much how it started. And that's kind of like what we do now, too. When I find new farmers, it's either... I will talk to them at conferences and just introduce myself, or it'll be, if I'm in Pennsylvania or upstate New York, I'll go to farmer's markets and just ask them, like, are they interested in being part of our network? And we still walk around and put flyers up in neighborhoods. So we're still like super, super grassroots. A lot of like the spirit from the DIY music scene helped because when you're playing music, you're also walking around, putting flyers up. You always have like your CD on you giving it out. So I always have stickers to give out you know, of local roots. So it's pretty similar. I think that comparing it to a DIY music scene is a really cool idea because it is, like you said, super grassroots. And it sounds like you've been in the food space for quite a bit of time, like familiar with farmers markets and working in food justice. And now you are operating a CSA. And I would love to talk a little bit about like the benefits of eating locally and eating in season because you did discuss just connecting with farmers and making sure that you are eating within the seasons and things like that. So I would love to hear about like some of those benefits that you see. I think eating local food can 
really change the world. There are so many benefits. I think most people think about, oh, you should eat local because you're supporting farmers and there's less of a commute time for your food. But it's really important at Local Roots to go deeper than that. That's like your first level of understanding local food. We want to bring everyone to like level five at this point. So when you eat local food, depending on the farmer, if you're working with a really great farmer, having a shorter travel time is not just great because it's reducing your carbon footprint. But as an eater, it means that your food is more nutrient dense and it's more flavorful because as food is traveling, Imagine it's like a plant, right? So if you take a plant out of its soil, it starts dying, right? That's its life force. So when you harvest a vegetable, as it's commuting to you, it's slowly, slowly dying. So it's losing its nutrients and it's losing its flavor. So having food that's super fresh with the shortest amount of commute to you and the least amount of people that it's going through to get to you means that your food will taste better and it's going to be better for you. I would also say in terms of eating locally, it means that you're eating seasonally, right? When you're eating seasonally, you're being introduced to new exciting varieties. So to me, that's the difference between cooking like it's a chore and cooking because it's exciting and fun. And I would also say that when you're eating seasonally and those varieties are changing, you're also diversifying your nutrients. And if you talk to any dietitian, they will tell you how important it is to have diverse colors in your meals, diverse nutrients that you're putting in your body. And also just in terms of for the earth, you know, like when you're eating locally, of course, it's reducing the carbon footprint, which is really wonderful. Most local farms, because they don't have to think about packaging to keep a product shelf stable with a long commute, they have minimal packaging. So when you go to a local roots market, pretty much what you see is it's what it looks like on the farm. There's very, very minimal packaging on there. Be like a rubber band around a bunch of greens, right? And that's really important because, you know, as we know, all that packaging just ends up in the landfill and accumulates there. In terms of pesticides, like not every local farm grows organically. So that is really important to think about is it's wonderful to go to the farmer's markets and shop from a local farm. And then I'd say that once you're comfortable with that, then you start thinking about, okay, is this farm organic? Because obviously we want to have no pesticides being put into the earth and no pesticides being put into our body. I think that's a really great overview of just general benefits of local eating and local food in general and like looking at packaging, looking at eating in season and just thinking about like the larger impact of your food in general, that there's so much more than the carbon footprint. And also I think from a heartfelt point of view, I mean, Local Roots was founded to support our local farmers. And the reason why I think that is so, so important as a human being is that if you're working really hard for your money, to me, I want to put that money and I want to give that to a good person. And when I shop from a local farm, like the farms we work with are just incredible human beings. They're so kind and they're so passionate about what they do. And they're, they care so much about feeding all of us really good food. So I want to be giving my money and supporting people and families that care about me and care about the earth. And they're caring about their farmland for generations to come. That to me is super, super important just from a human standpoint of feeling more connected to the people around me. And I think it'd be a lot easier for these people to give up their land and just sell it to some developer, right? But if that happens, then where are we ever going to get our food from? Like, we need these people to take care of our earth. Supporting local farms is really important because you 
are putting your money into a transparent food system where you know where the money is going to. You know the people who you're supporting. You know how these farmers are supporting their staff, how they are nourishing the land. Versus if you put, if you're buying from a supermarket, it's very, very anonymous. You have no idea where your money is going to. You have no idea how that farmer is being treated, how they're supporting their staff, how they're treating their staff, how they're treating the food, how they're handling the food. I mean, it makes me feel really good. It brings me a lot of joy to give my money to people that I know care about me and care about the land. I would love to take a minute to just talk about that piece about caring for the land. And you did mention the idea of these farmers taking care of land for generations to come. Can we talk a little bit about regenerative farming and really what that looks like? Regenerative farming is like the topic that makes me so excited. (laughs) I get really excited about this because it's really bringing farming and food to the next level. Organic was really innovative when it first came out, but organic to me is kind of becoming diluted. It doesn't really mean much to me anymore when you're at the store buying something organic. Regenerative to me is like the new kid on the block that is redefining what it means to care about the food and care about the land. So the ways that I define regenerative farming is really taking care of your soil so it's super healthy. Now healthy soil is really important for many reasons. Healthier soil produces a healthier plant which means a more nutrient-dense product for our bodies. Healthier soil also means it's better for the earth because healthy soil can actually sequester carbon from the atmosphere back underground. So it's fighting climate change in a really, really big way. I would say it's really traumatic to think about is that because of the ways of conventional agriculture, people say that we have 60 harvests left because our soil is so depleted of nutrients. That means that we have essentially like 60 years left of being able to farm in the dirt. If, if that doesn't bring you to a call to action, I'm not really sure what will. And if you think about regenerative agriculture, organic practices, that's the ways that we can fight climate change and that's the ways that we can keep our farmland and that's the ways that we can make sure that the foods that we're eating have the nutrients that we think we're getting. Regenerative farming, some of the practices involved with that is not using pesticides, so that is organic farming. It also means crop rotation. It means minimal to no tilling, because tilling is actually one of the main things that really depletes soil. And it means having really rich compost and using that on our farm. And those are some of the main practices. But our farmers are not just thinking about, you know, they're not just planting seed in the ground, making sure they don't use pesticides. Our farmers are testing soils constantly to make sure that it has all the healthy levels of nutrients in it. I think that's a great way to think about regenerative farming. And I hadn't heard that statistic of 60 harvests left just from soil being depleted of nutrients. I think that's like really powerful. And you're so right. If that's not a call to action, I don't know what is. I don't know what is going to make people care more about their food than realizing that we have a very finite amount of time left to source our own food in a natural way. I think that's crazy to think about. So I would love to just kind of talk to you a little bit about the idea of soil being depleted and like what can people do on a consumer level to just support great agricultural practices. So besides shopping from these local farmers directly, they can look for CSAs, but is there anything else that you would really encourage people to think about if they are trying to eat locally, eat in season, to just support better farming practices? 
Yeah, so I think that there's different levels of supporting the kind of food and practices you want to support that are aligned with your values. I would say the first step is having the knowledge. So like, you know, after you hear this podcast, then sit with it, but then also tell someone else because I 100% believe in word of mouth. So just tell other people about what you learned. And then knowing like the buckets of places where you can shop that feel a little safer, meeting. Okay, so we know the farmer's market, we know the co-op, we know that a CSA is going to be better than going to some random grocery store in your neighborhood, right? And then from there, you might want to think about, because like not everyone, not every farmer selling within those uh, markets are going to have regenerative farming practices, but they are so much better than getting your food shipped from Peru. So once you feel comfortable, then you can start thinking, okay, so like, is it really important for me just to shop locally or is it important for me to shop local or organic? Okay, so if you're saying organic, that's an easy question. You can ask people, are you organic? Are you organic certified? I think it's okay if they're growing organically and they're not certified because it is expensive to get that through the USDA. But you still want to like think about that as a next level. And it's, it's important not to equate local with organic. They're, they're different. And so once you become comfortable with that, then I would say, okay, so like, regenerative agriculture is that important to me because I would rather people just shop local and not feel overwhelmed by everything else than feel overwhelmed and just go to the grocery store so if you feel comfortable and at that point where you're thinking you know what I feel comfortable I'm cooking more I feel comfortable with this whole like eating seasonal thing I'm going to ask questions like what do you think about regenerative agriculture What's your relationship to creating healthy soil? What's your relationship to tilling? And if the farmer's looking at you like you're insane, like, well, then you know, okay, they're probably not thinking about regenerative agriculture. If their eyes light up and they start talking to you about like their philosophies, and that's wonderful. If you want to even take this stuff further, you can always visit the farm, you know, but talking to the farmer is always really wonderful. And if you can't talk to the farmer, because a lot of the times like the farmer is not going to be at that CSA, they're not going to be at the farmer's market. A lot of farmers are on Instagram, so you can just DM them questions or find a source. I mean, that's really one of the services we are providing in Local Roots is that we've done the research for our consumers, so our consumers trust our values, and we, they trust that we've done the research ahead of time. But I would say like those are the different steps of asking those questions. Just be curious also in general. Don't just accept a label like organic because you were told that was good, but just ask questions to the farmer like, what does that actually mean? I think the idea of talking to your farmers is really important. The idea that there is someone who grew your food. Like not all food comes to the grocery store. It doesn't come from large corporations all the time. It doesn't have to. And someone is responsible for your food, the food that you're picking up either at a bodega or at a convenience store or whatever it may be. So I like the idea of encouraging people to talk to their farmers. Yeah. And the reason why I think local food is so, so important in our world, it's one of the few industries that you can have such an intimate connection with the person who produced that product that you're consuming. Don't feel intimidated by it. Like these farmers are willing to talk to you and just find the best means of communication for them. Some of it, sometimes it could mean just a phone call or it means a DM on Instagram or it means just going to their farm stand. But I can't think of any other industry where you can understand all that background information of how your vegetables grown. I don't see how, I, I don't know how I would do that in any other industry. I, I can't like buy a water bottle and really easily understand all the different ways it was made.
Yeah, I think that's a good point because I'm thinking like my initial thought was, oh, if I'm buying like handmade jewelry, this person is still taking materials from another source and they're putting it together on their own and that's great. But there's a lot of murkiness in that sense. Like you don't always know how particular products are getting to you. You don't know about their life before you. And it's also important to realize that we should also be thinking about the lifespan of products after we are using them up. So I think that food is another one that people have a really clear idea of like what to do with scraps. Are our farmers worth their asses off to plant the seeds, grow the food, have post-harvesting techniques to maintain the highest integrity of low food? I really want the consumer to know that after our farmer has done that and we've and we got the food to you, you are just as responsible in a fun and exciting way to maintain that integrity of that food in your kitchen. So a lot of food waste does happen on the consumer end. I think it's about like 20% of food waste happens from the consumer. And that can vary from storage. So like just put your produce away when you bring it home. Don't just put it in your fridge and think that's the end of it. Like you have to think about my leafy greens to be in a produce bag, put in the produce shelf. Because that, for example, is going to be the difference between a leafy green being good for a week and a half or two weeks versus three days and then getting limp. So store your food properly. That's a huge part of it. And then cook things knowing that you can probably use parts of your vegetables and fruits that you maybe were taught when you're a kid that you shouldn't use. For example, everyone peels potatoes. I have no idea why. Everyone peels carrots. I have no idea why because there's more, there's different kinds of nutrients in that skin and the peel. And then um, it seems like it's extra work and it's something that like you're just going to throw out. So you can eat it. It's great. Or kale stems, for example, like our Swiss chard stems, you can eat those also, but people tend to throw them out carrot tops even. So knowing everything you can cook from stem to leaf. And in addition to that, then once you're done cooking, making a veggie broth with any kind of vegetable scraps you have, right? So to save those all on Tupperware, like the butts from your onion, the butts from your garlic, herb stems, if you're not using them, those sorts of things can go in a little Tupperware and you can put them all in a pot of water cook it for about an hour. If you want, you can add some salt and pepper and that's veggie broth. So you should never be buying broth in the store because you can just make that yourself for free. And that veggie broth can be used to cook your greens in or braise meat in or cook your grains in. And then you can compost whatever is left that you can't put in your broth. So to me, it's really important and also very fun to know that you can fight food waste so many different ways in your own kitchen. I feel like food is something that is very empowering from a sustainability perspective, something that fits into a lot of lifestyles because you know where it's coming from and you know how to deal with it when you're done with it. Yeah, and food is also empowering in a really long-term way. There is many things that you can buy that bring you joy on a short-term level, and I do that too, right? You're like, of course I want to buy that shirt. Food is like, that is empowering and brings you joy for the rest of your life, right? Because you're thinking about like, I'm actually feeding myself something better that's going to help me age better. It'll affect my life when I'm 80 years old. It's going to affect my community. It's going to affect the person next to me if I tell them something. So I find that empowerment just a really long-term impact, which is really wonderful.
I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Wenjay of Local Roots NYC. Again, if you want to get involved specifically with Local Roots, I will go ahead and have their information, their website, and their Instagram down in the show notes. But also, I encourage you to look into CSAs in your area so that you can also support the local food movement, figure out what's reasonable for you, figure out how you can get involved in some capacity. This is a timely conversation. It's about being a responsible consumer, and it really is an easy way for you to go ahead and continue to lessen your carbon footprint. Like if you feel you've already done all of the basics, you're bringing a reusable water bottle everywhere, you're doing what you can to shop plastic free, what else can you do? A CSA is a great way to take that next step. So I highly encourage you to get involved in your particular area and figure out how to be the best possible consumer that you can be. If you want to chat, my Instagram is at EcoChicPodcast. I always have that in the show notes. And then my personal page is Laura E. Diaz, which is also in the show notes. I love talking to you and figuring out what's important and what's valuable. If this episode was helpful at all, share it on your Instagram. Let me know your thoughts. Thank you again so, so much for tuning in. And I will talk to you very soon. Bye.